What's up, everybody? How's it going in the internet wrestling community and all over the world wide web? It is me. It is me, the big old Stevie C, Steve Castellanovo, coming at you with the Heel and Face podcast, a podcast dedicated to news, information, and commentary on the world of professional wrestling, and it's brought to you by Heel Turn Wrestling. Guys, uh, took a week to spend with the fam, had a great time. Uh, doing some, uh, you know, cool stuff, doing some bro stuff with my son. Um, had a great time. That's why I wasn't here last week. Um, unfortunately, or fortunately, I should say, uh, there wasn't a whole lot going on as far as wrestling. And I know, I know I'm going to catch some troll hatred um, for uh, that because uh, uh, Forbidden Door was last weekend. Not saying... That Forbidden Door wasn't important. As a matter of fact, I'm going to try to go back and watch the Omega Osprey match. Okay? So, cool your jets. All right? Whenever these matches become available to me, I will watch them. That's not a slight on AEW. It's just that with all the things that was going on last weekend, I just didn't have time to really get into it. And, uh, you know, by the way, you guys know I'm sworn off of AEW anyway, but Forbidden Door is just so intriguing every year that I just continue with it or try to at least watch that show. So I'm not going to say nothing happened last week, but I will say nothing that I could have reported on happened last week, except for a couple of really dumb news articles I know Ryback is like a bad penny he just won't go away and now there's uh, some strong internet wishdom between Ryback and possibly Goldberg fighting at AEW because that's happening uh, you can also take a look at the crawl above me uh, other things that have happened in the news including AJ Lee is looking pretty buff on her Instagram. I think she is a new brand ambassador for a fitness uh, workout set type dealie. Uh, but she denies rumors that she is coming back. She says she is retired. Plus, I don't know if she's still a creative consultant for uh, WoW or not. Uh, but she's not coming back, people. And even if she was, she probably wouldn't come back to AEW. I don't know, just a just a feeling I have. Um, also, uh, this weekend, uh, there's a show in New Japan um, that Fred Rosser made a statement, and he's unable to make it. I'm just going to assume that, one, it's either a family issue or, you know, personal, obviously, issue, or quite possibly, with all the uh, stupidity and all the frightening things that I've been hearing about air travel lately, probably just could not get to Japan fast enough. So, um, that's unfortunate, and it's the world we live in now, these days. I will be taking a week myself and my beautiful bride of 25 years later on this month to celebrate our anniversary by flying to Vegas because I've never been anywhere west of Chicago. So I'm already starting to feel some type of way about flying out there. And we picked the cheapest, most uh, 
innocuous flight to take out to Vegas and still feel like it's going to be problems. But nonetheless, you know, we always want to keep positive here. So let's just get right to it. I don't even think I'm going to be taking a break. I think we're just going to go straight through and just talk about the only thing that is on anybody's mind right now, which is uh, money in the bank. Um, I really enjoyed it, just throwing it out there uh, with... Uh, You know, just just an opening blank statement about it. And I was really blown away at, again, how heavily the stories were playing into the pay-per-view. I was a little, I don't know, um, Chris Hero came out this week and he made an interesting like statement categorizing the different types of uh, pro wrestling and especially the, the different places. And um, he put it like this and I think it's very accurate. He says Japanese wrestling is, um, is uh is, is an athletic struggle it's 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 strong style struggle struggle and then you win and he said that you know japanese wrestling is uh i'm sorry not japanese uh mexican wrestling or lucha libre wrestling is pageantry and aerobatics uh acrobatics uh the athleticism. And he said that um, pro wrestling in the United States is a morality play. And I thought, that's kind of brilliant. So we're getting more of a morality play as far as uh, American wrestling. And we're just going to have to kind of accept it. I know that... Um, AEW doesn't have very well-developed storylines a lot of the time, and they're kind of going with the, obviously, the, the Mexican or Japanese deathmatch models of pro wrestling. And I know some of you AEW fans are going to argue with me, well, it is... Uh, they, they do have storylines. Don't you see Jungle Boy? Yes, I'm aware that Jungle Boy has decided to um, heal and uh, change his attitude. Uh, but generally speaking, what storylines are there? I mean, and if you, if you, by the way, if you turned Jungle Boy two, three months after you turned Luchasaurus, what was the point of turning Luchasaurus? You just wanted to break up that, that band, um, I guess. I don't know, um, but I digress. I'm also kind of stalling for time if you haven't really uh, been able to 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 figure it out. But um, be that as it may, it is kind of a morality play. There was a lot of um, storyline, a lot of emotion 
that came out of Money in the Bank. And yeah, I'm, okay. I'm okay with it. I, I don't know if we want to continue always giving story, always giving story, because some of it took up the middle of the... Actually, uh, quite an interesting storyline took up the middle of the pay-per-view uh, yesterday, which I wasn't used to, or I wasn't... I don't know how I feel about it, honestly. I'm not, I'm not a huge fan of it. But um, I don't want to be obtuse. Let's just get to it. Let's get to the first match, which uh, they just started out strong. It was the um, uh, the men's uh, Money in the Bank ladder match. I mean, what can you say? It was so uh, just. It's it was a controlled car crash. You know the crash test dummies when they try to um, you know control how fast they go, how slow they go. Um, I like the beginning where uh, everybody hates Logan Paul. And he's pretty easy to hate, so he's getting kind of some of that Dominic Mysterio heat, but not the white hot, megaton, uh, nuclear heat that Dom Dom draws. But it's pretty close. Um, I don't know how much longer you hate me because I'm rich and famous and popular is going to last, but but we'll see. Um, just the stuff that Ricochet was doing, I mean, it just looked brutal. Like the, the, the 450 splash onto the ladder, which I don't understand. I don't know. Like, why? I guess we're running out of stuff to do. Um, it was on, I think it was on Butch and Logan Paul, I think, or something like that. Um, it looked like it hurt real bad. Because when stuff, the, the okay. So the whole point of a professional wrestling ring is that the ring is supposed to give a little bit. Uh, ladders do not, unless they're gimmicked to uh, break. The the sawdust ones that are clearly, um, you know, plywood and, saw, and sawdust. But the, the other one that we've got to talk about, it was almost completely botched and almost uh, completely murdered. Logan Paul was um, co like completely crazy, like insane. Um, I don't know if they should have tried it. I don't know. It, questionable if they uh, should have done it at all. Um, they looked like they were going to slip. It looked like it's for a moment that Logan Paul was going to fall on um, off the ropes and completely mess up the move. Uh, but somehow they, they pulled it off at the last minute. I don't think a, Logan Paul got a, enough of his legs under him to launch, but that Spanish fly into the tables. And I don't think the tables were, I don't know. They look like they might've been too far, but they also look like the Ricochet and Logan Paul like totally overshot them. And uh, thank God nobody's hurt. Everybody's okay. Logan Paul tweeted out and on his put on his uh, social media's uh, picture of him with a big welt on his back. So, um, 
Yeah, there was that. I know everybody is upset that Damien Priest won. Um, I'm actually a little more upset that Santos Escobar um, didn't get a better showing uh, of, of his talent, although his entrance was dope. His uh, ring gear was dope. Um, but I know everybody was expecting LA Knight. We were all expecting LA Knight. I don't know if this was a intentional kind of wait and see swerve. I don't know if this is Vince McMahon being reinvolved. Um, it's too conspiratorial to think that Vince McMahon is heavily involved. Because I think that's kind of our default criticism of WWE is that, oh, well, Vince barely got by. He 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 got a slap on the wrist and now he's back in control of his company again. Um, I mean, that's the easy way, the easy out. When something goes wrong, when something we don't like happens, it's easy to say, well, it's Vince McMahon is in control. And yes, I've been very critical of Vince McMahon on this podcast multiple times. And his involvement is too much. And he does need to sit down somewhere. He does need to retire. But I don't know if this is it. Yes, LA Knight has been on shaky ground with Vince personally before. As far as his attitude the first time around. And Vince wanted to make him Max Dupree and all that good stuff. Um, but the... But, the reverse is true, too. I don't think necessarily if Vince McMahon is back in charge, which I don't have any reason to believe he's completely back in charge, that this is going to hurt L.A. Knight either. We all wanted it to happen. He's over like Rover. This is not going to be something where the crowd is just going to get so exhausted from trying to uh, boost a guy that we're eventually going to do what Vince McMahon wants, which is give up on him. I think this is just a way they really like Damien Priest. They want to elevate him and they gave him the win. So I don't think there's too much um, else to read into that. A lot of brutality in this match. LA Knight with the uh, backdrop driver on Damien Priest off the ladder. Um L.A. Knight himself almost over-rotated coming off the ladder when he got put in the Falcon Arrow, or the Broken Arrow, I should say. And Damian Priest wins. So, um, that's going to be interesting. Uh, liked it. I liked the match a lot. Um, you know, that's how you start a pay-per-view in London. And we'll talk about, by the way, you Londoners, if you're listening out there, we'll talk about that. Uh, we'll talk about your experience. Uh, Involvement and your excellent job of being fans. I salute you uh, in a moment. Next match um, was the big shocker of the night. This was the women's tag team belts between, uh, I don't know what they're being called, the, the, uh, the black belt baddies, I heard somebody say. I really hope that's not it. Um, Ronda Rousey, Shayna Baszler, and versus uh, Liv Morgan and Raquel Rodriguez, a really great team that was beset by Liv Morgan's shoulder injury or else she would have been. And I also want to put it out there, feel badly for Shotzi. She's kind of the odd woman out because I think originally it was Raquel and 
Shotzi that we're going to try to team up and then something happened and then Liv backs in. But And I'm not saying backs in, but Liv came back in. And I think Liv and Raquel's chemistry is, is pretty cool. Um, I liked this match as well. It's... Um, you know, Ra Raquel is very good. She's gotten much better. Um, she really took control of the match as far as, you know, using her size and her strength to her advantage, which is what you're supposed to do. I would not be shocked if um, she's getting a lot of advice from a lot of the big men who've worked. Like, I wouldn't be shocked. She works a lot of her matches a lot like Scott Hall, a lot like uh, Kevin Nash, a lot like Big Show. I wouldn't be surprised if she has leaned on their ears on how to how to control a match. Um, and as a matter of fact, I don't. I think this might have been said before, but there could be a very interesting uh, HBK Diesel dynamic brewing between Raquel and Liv Morgan if they kind of flush it out a little more. Well, uh, they might have a chance to do it because of the results of this match. Uh, so, typical start, the heel, monster heels come over and, um, you know, start trying to dominate. Uh, Liv Morgan takes a lot of the punishment in the beginning with uh, Shayna Baszler. Shayna goes after her shoulder, um, you know, and, and Good commentary, by the way, from Wade Barrett about when you're an athlete, the first time you're injured, you're not 100% anymore. You might be 80%, 85%. Uh, good stuff from him. Um, there was really good comeback for uh, Liv Morgan. Of course, the hot tag to Raquel. And again, Raquel taking off and, and doing a lot of power stuff. Uh, the, uh, the the power bomb or uh, Tahana bomb from the middle rope or whatever on the uh, Ronda Rousey looked pretty brutal. Um, Rousey selling, you know, like a heel should sell, so pretty good. And I kept thinking throughout this match, I still like Ronda Rousey. I don't think she was fully developed enough to be a babyface. I think Ronda Rousey's still kind of going to be a better baby face, which I think I might have jinxed myself because of the end of this match. I think Ronda Rousey makes a... It's going to be hard. I know some of you are saying, well, we talk about she was terrible as a baby face. That's because she also walked into the professional wrestling world with less than, what, three or four months of training and help from, from, from WWE. She kind of just took it. And now she took like a fish... Uh, to water, but still, I think how nice of a person Ronda Rousey is personally uh, didn't come across as well as people wanted it to be, and she just went to the easy thing, which is to be a heel. I appreciate Ronda Rousey as a heel. I think she's got more potential as a face if she just works with a lot of veterans who know what they're doing. Well, anyway, she's going to get her opportunity to do that or not. I don't know. Maybe it'll be a double switch. But at the but at some point, the hot tag Rousey calls Shayna in, and as Shayna's ready to clean up and uh, kick some butt and, and do her thing, 
she turns on Ronda Rousey. That's right. We got an old-fashioned teammate turn. That's right. Um, the territory days be darned. We got a great turn. Shayna just basically starts whooping the bejesus out of Ronda. Comes from behind, puts her in the Carefuda clutch, chokes her out, walks away. Uh, Liv and uh, and uh, Raquel take advantage of it. One, two, three. Tahana bomb. Morgan uh, nails Ronda Rousey with Oblivion, who Ronda was very close to overselling it. And then one, two, three, new tag team champions. I understand that Vince and the WWE don't care about women's wrestling too much. Not as much as they should. And I know they don't care about the tag. They've already uh, like melded the women's tag belts with the NXT women's tag belts. I'm not saying that I don't like them on I on Liv Morgan and uh, and Raquel Rodriguez. I just went on about how much I love the both of them together as a tag team. Uh, but we need more women's belts. There should have been there should be at least three. They should have as many belts for the men as the women. I know. I'm not that kind of a guy who jumps on a political uh, horse and rides around. Uh, I know I have been very vocal in the past on this podcast that we need more belts, more belts, more belts. Every For every men's belt, there should be a women's equivalent belt. But you know what? That's just me. Who am I? I'm just a guy talking about wrestling from his basement. So, which is very loud for right, for right now for some reason, but here we go. Anyway. Your winner, Liv Morgan and Raquel Rodriguez. And now, what are we going to see? So our ver- our, our first, sh- second, actually, shocker, because people thought Damian Priest, didn't think Damian Priest was going to win. But our first shocker, our second shocker of the evening was uh, Shayna Baszler's uh, turn against Ronda Rousey. Now, how is this going to work? Is this a way to... Ingratiate or re-ingratiate the fans with Ronda Rousey? Is this a new way for us to make us feel um, like sympathy for her? I mean, obviously, when you beat someone down, when you turn on someone, you want people to gain sympathy, obviously. But what we're talking about here, we're talking about it's easier for Ronda Rousey to be a heel. So how are they going to do this? Are they going to say that... Obviously, there's going to be a component of Shayna Baszler. I'm tired of her crap. I'm tired of living in her shadow. I'm tired of this and tired of that. And there's going to be an element of that. So how are they going to do it? Are they going to do it from a... You know what? I've been wrestling for 15, 20 years myself. Um, I was one of the pioneers of women's mixed martial arts. No one gives me half the credit that they give Ronda Rousey. You know, I, I'm on I'm on borrowed time. I just I just want to be known as Shayna Baszler. I want to be the queen of spades again. I want to or the the magician or whatever submission magician. I, I want to. 
I want to be known for something now, right? And and that Ronda Rousey, all she does is she preys on people and she just steps into the spotlight when it's convenient or when everyone else has done the hard work. She not only stands on the shoulders of giants, but she she tramples the shoulders so she could stand in the spotlight. Something like that. Probably, you know, more eloquent than I just did. And then Rousey will come back and say, you know what? I don't understand. We were a great team together. We're great friends. I don't know why she would do this. Maybe draw a little bit of sympathy. Uh, or they could totally flip it. And uh, Rod Rousey could be like, that jerk. And I'm not going to say the other word. But that jerk. How dare she? Look what I've done for her. I've elevated her. I've made her relevant. You know, blah, blah, blah. She wouldn't be anywhere without me. I mean, they could do that. That might actually be easier. Maybe even make Shayna Baszler a little bit more of a friendly. I don't know. Who knows? But that's the second shocker of the pay-per-view. And we go from the second shocker of the pay-per-view right to the third shocker of the pay-per-view, which the, sh- the the match itself wasn't that much of a shocker, but what happened was. Um, I don't know if they're continuing to punish Riddle. You know, putting him with Gunther is good enough. Uh, this match, this was... A little more technical. They let they let Matt Riddle get in a lot more than he is used to, especially against Gunther. I mean, we gotta we're coming off of matches where Gunther's been pretty much the control of the entire match, right? Gunther has you know has fought Ilya Dragunov like two or three times, and Dragunov got some good offense in, but basically Gunther just beat the bejesus out of him for 20 minutes. Then you get, you know, his matches with Sheamus, where it's just big meaty men slapping meat. This was the first match I think in a while where Gunther actually had to wrestle a little more technically. And you know what? Just shows how awesome Gunther is. Um, Matt Riddle had him in uh, obvious uh, holds and locks. He was trying to, you know, bring him down to the mat. Uh, Matt Riddle uh, countered Gunther's chops with his uh, pretty savage leg kicks. There was a really good exchange on the ground uh, with Gunther um, in a like a heel hook, where Matt Riddle was just chopping. So it was. I see what you did there, right? Gunther, the guy known for his violent strikes, his chops, is on the ground with a heel hook trying to submit a submission specialist, former MMA guy. And the former MMA guy is the one that's doing the chopping. It worked. It's fine. Um, Gunther was doing something interesting that I had never seen before. He not only unwrapped Matt Riddle's ankle, but he started slapping it. Like, really slapping it. Riddle countered with triangle. Um, But the second heel hook that Gunther put in was just too much. And Matt Riddle tapped out. So it was a nice filler match. I didn't really think Matt Riddle was going to win the Intercontinental belt. Um, who knows what's going to happen. Maybe Matt's going to continue to be punished for his uh, out-of-WWE uh, shenanigans. Who knows? 
But the big news was that as soon as Gunther uh, Gunther stood victorious in the ring, all of a sudden you hear Drew McIntyre's entrance music and Drew McIntyre power walks to the ring. That's right. The guy who everybody had going to AEW, the guy who everybody had going back to Impact, the guy who was so fed up and sick and tired of WWE, was just out for an injury. So, good job. If you fell for it, congratulations. Uh, uh, Drew comes out, confronts Gunther. They get into a little punching exchange. Gunther hits the Claymore on... I'm sorry, uh, Drew hits the Claymore on Gunther. And then the crowd goes banana. And now we have... Definitely have a match set up for SummerSlam, which is going to tear the roof off the dump, I feel like. So, good stuff from there. Um, Next we go to the quite possibly the biggest heel in professional wrestling other than MJF versus Cody Rhodes. A nice athletic match. This match was really good. Um, I know in house shows and in C shows, uh, Rhea Ripley's been getting more involved playing kind of the comedy role. I saw a video where uh, she tried to throw powder in Seth Rollins' face, but uh, he kicked the powder, and then uh, she, in a blind rage, DDT Dom Dom, and she rolled out of the ring, and she was like, I got him! I got him! That was really good. That was really funny. Um, but, you know, that's what house shows. House shows lend themselves to that more. This is a pay-per-view. So Rhea didn't really get involved, but she kind of did. Um, you know, first of all, Dominic... Work in the crowd at the beginning of the match, not getting engaged, running around, doing the heel stuff. I, I don't know. I don't know where he gets it from. I don't know how he. I, I mean, I would assume that uh, growing up watching hours and hours and hours of professional wrestling and working with uh, lucha legends like uh, his godfather Conan and and all of the other uh, legends of professional wrestling, Dominic just kind of through osmosis has absorbed this, but just. He's doing heel stuff that heels don't do anymore, like the psychology, running around the ring, trying to cut off the baby face, uh, you know, getting into a weak arm, uh, arm, uh, shoulder, uh, you know, collar and elbow or whatever, and then like bailing. Who does that anymore? Everybody's got to do a punch out the first five minutes of, of the match. Nobody does any of the heel stuff. Oh, not Dom. Dom does it. Cody Rhodes, surprisingly, I think he, he didn't, of course, because Cody Rhodes is just about as much show to, showmanship as his father was, came in with the cast, but then aggressively ripped it off just to show, hey, I'm not playing around anymore. I'm good to go. I mean, the content of the match itself was fun. It was, you know, just basic stuff, right? Now, don't try to do too much suplexes uh, a nice uh, power slam from Cody Rhodes uh, Dom didn't even really go to the air all that much 
honestly. Um, more psychology, more more of the crowd work. Uh, Rhea didn't really get involved. Um, and then the end of the match was uh, the Cody Cutter is setting up the crossroads, which I like that. Because he doesn't get rid of both moves. And Cody Cutter's a nice setup. Uh, because basically you've got two uh, moves that are designed to put people out with head trauma. So I like that Dom sells like uh, a 15-year veteran. And he took the L. Doesn't hurt anybody. He's the only member of Judgment Day. Um, oh, I shouldn't say that. Oops, I don't mean to say that. Uh, he took the L. He's the only member of Judgment Day right now that's living on heat alone. Doesn't need a belt. Doesn't need any special stipulations. Just go out there and do his thing. And we can kind of assume that Dom Dom isn't the best one. He did come out with like a bandoleros and a... Haha. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I thought that was hilarious. I kept thinking, yeah, guns are banned in England. So uh, probably more, more re probably knowing that went in there, uh, looking like um, some type of guerrilla fighter, which is hilarious. And then the, what? We're talking fourth surprise. There's a lot of surprises. Fourth surprise out of nowhere. You hear... Dun, 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 dun. John Cena, out of nowhere, makes an appearance, comes down to the ring, and just fires the crowd up, and he basically, the crowd was 50-50 when he started, and they were 100% when he was over, because John Cena is that dude, and John Cena uh, is like that, and he came out, and he won the crowd over, but international crowds love John Cena more than American crowds do. Let's be honest. Okay. So he came over. He won the crowd over. He buttered them up. Said they were awesome. Uh, confront. And I don't want to say confront. But called out the fact that some people in the back. Some of the stuff shirts. Some of the creative members of the back. Do not like when the crowd takes over. But John Cena said. Well that's what you're here for. You're here to take over. Yeah, 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 yeah. By the way, London, good job the whole night. Into it, uh, said some bad words, had to be reverbed a little bit. It's fine. It's live TV. They've got contingencies for that. We don't have to do the five-second dump anymore or the eight-second delay. We could just hit the reverb on the crowd noise and and uh, yeah, get it, get it that way. So uh, good job though for being into it, for uh, cheering who you're supposed to cheer for, or booing who you're supposed to boo. Good thing you came along with John Cena because now the seed is sown for WrestleMania in London, and I'm all for it. I agree. There were a lot of people on the internet wrestling community, a lot of people on Twitter saying, you know what, if um, people in London have to stay up till 2 in the morning to watch one of our pay-per-views, I think every uh, once in a while... Uh, people in the United States should stay up to watch WrestleMania, especially those from London. And I totally agree. I will take a day off work if I have to, to stay up till 2.33 in the morning to watch WrestleMania from London. So it's like that. But, of course, can't leave well enough alone. Um, Grayson Waller had to make his presence felt. And, of course, he made his push for Australia, which, again, if you have it in Sydney or Melbourne, just... I'm not going to argue with that either. 
just it's not the right time. WrestleMania in Australia, maybe two or three years, maybe five years down the road, but not right now. It's got to be Philly. It's got to be London, possibly Mexico City. Who knows? But uh, Grayson Waller had to add his two cents in, and when and, and of course he dude is meta and he's, he's shooting and it's whatever. Um, Grayson Waller uh, did not like John Cena burning him at the end, so of course he attacks him, which leads to John Cena giving him the attitude adjustment in the ring. One, two, three. I like Grayson Waller. I think he's a good replacement for John Cena or for uh, Austin Theory to kind of go against John Cena. Definitely, Grayson Waller is a guy who can go word for word with John Cena and not get lost in the sauce again. I know that was your biggest criticism of Austin Theory. He was a, you're giving Austin Theory more flack for something that he really, I don't know, didn't deserve. He wasn't all that terrible on the mic against John Cena, but you got to get somebody like Grayson Waller to do it, and boom, it worked. So we go to the next match, probably the match of the night, and also the person who won made the most sense. This is the women's Money in the Bank featuring Becky Lynch, Zelina Vega, Bailey, Trish Stratus, Zoe Stark, and EO Sky. And this was all to have the Money in the Bank to have become the number one contender for the, or choose, I'm sorry, choose whatever time you want to fight for a belt. Now, this case, the match started off hot, and I had no problem with it. It's not that I have a problem with matches starting with a bunch of punching and kicking. It's just that if you do it every fight, if you do it every match, it just makes it like, okay, here we go. It's going to be very predictable. But this one worked because as soon like Becky Lynch didn't even hit the ring when she got jumped by Trish Stratus. And there's always Stark. Let me tell you, a lot of things to unpack from this match. First of all, the right person won. In the end, Io Sky climbed the ladder. It made the most sense for her to win. And I think injecting her into the uh, women's title picture is kind of the boost they're going to need. Do we want to see her versus Asuka? I mean, that might be a little too on the nose, but Io Sky versus Charlotte? Io Sky versus Bianca. Let's go. I'm ready for that. I'm here for that. You know, Io Sky could possibly go back and challenge Tiffany Stratton. You know, it's wide open. Um, huge fan of uh, Zoe Stark. She took a vicious code red from Zelina and. Zelina, by the way, everybody's sleeping on Zelina Vega. Um, there was a shout-out to Amazing Red. Corey Graves mentioned uh, that the Code Red was a move that Zelina Vega borrowed from her cousin, Amazing Red. And I keep forgetting that Zelina Vega's cousin is Amazing Red, but here we go. Shout-out to him, um, wherever he may be. Uh, wicked. Uh, I, Zoe Stark is very lucky that when she went into the ladder that 
she didn't catch her head. Like, her head almost got caught in the rungs. So, boom. That was a huge move. Um, I want to give a shout out to Trish Stratus. Trish Stratus bumping like a monkey brother, and which is something that I tweeted during the show. I don't know like what came over her or why she even thought to come back. Um, right now, it looks like Lita coming back was her in to come back. Um, you know, best friends do best friends things for each other. Um, I don't know what possessed Trish Trash to want to do this at whatever her age is. I don't want to age people out, but um, her son is in high school now, so he can kind of figure it out from there. But the not only, I mean, if she's just looking for a final paycheck, she's already in the Hall of Fame. She's more than likely going to get a Legends contract when she officially hangs it up. But she doesn't have to go as hard as she did and she doesn't have to go as hard as she has been going in these matches that she's been having. Um, I mean, she took some pretty serious, wicked bumps. Like, the the, the, the man-handled slam onto the ladder was crazy. And then when she, went, like, she got speared on the ladder, just kind of fell down and plopped. I mean, do you remember her ever bumping like that? I don't. So shout out, shout out to Trish Stratus for all the work she did. Um, also, uh, we got a spot with the handcuffs again, becoming Chekhov's gun, right? Chekhov's gun were the handcuffs that were brought out by damage control. Of course, uh, they were there to, um, handcuff Becky Lynch, but of course she turns them on her. Um, we got to work on, if something's got to work, it's got to be legit. And I know I can say that knowing I don't want a big giant metal hook in my cheek, but I distinctly remember stuff, gimmicky stuff happening like that in the past where they would try to like hold it in place. Um, the handcuff did pop out of Bailey's mouth and it was on TV. Everybody saw it. But the idea of fish hooking her with it was pretty comical. Uh, you know, the, the whole thing backfiring. Uh, and then EO handcuffing Becky Lynch and Bailey into in between the uh, ladder so she could climb up and eventually get it. Brilliant stuff. I know Bailey was upset. Bailey brought the handcuffs to the press conference. And it was funny, too, because at the press conference, uh, you know, they were asked, of course, well, is this going to cause a problem in damage control? Is damage control uh, in jeopardy for being split? And EO shut it down. She said, uh, we won the money in the bank. So even though EO technically won the money in the bank, they're still doing the, no, no, we're, don't try to break us up yet. We're damage control we won the belt, or we won the, the briefcase. So probably the best match, probably the match of the night was a fun match. I enjoyed it a whole lot. 
And then uh, finally, um, the uh, oh, not finally. I'm sorry. Then we had uh, the world heavyweight championship match between Seth Franklin Rollins and Finn Balor. I don't know what's going on with Finn Balor. I don't know why they don't pull the trigger on him anymore. I don't know if because maybe it's because Vince lost faith. Who knows? But they had all that killer buildup for the end to be kind of, not a screw job, but the end to be lackluster. I don't get it. I don't get it. Uh, really, really dumb. Um, great technical match between the two of them. Finn Balor went after Seth Rollins' rib cage a lot. Uh, they didn't do a whole lot, probably because Seth Rollins his ribs. Um, I was probably looking for a whole lot more and didn't get it. It was a Finn Balor versus Seth Rollins match that you know we've kind of seen before. The end of the match, however, was the interesting part because at some point we were joined at ringside by Damian Priest, who we assumed was going to be out there just to cause a distraction so that Finn could beat Seth Rollins, but actually didn't didn't work that way. It wasn't really a distraction at all. And as a matter of fact, he was more of a distraction for Finn Balor. So when Finn was going to go up and hit the coup de grace and potentially win the belt, uh, Damian Priest got out of his seat ringside and, and walked toward the corner. They had a little exchange. Finn Balor uh, kind of hesitated. And then um, Rollins was able to finish him off with the uh, curb stomps. So the argument between the two, again, setting up seeds of discord. I don't know why. We only want to team people together briefly and then have them fighting about it. Everybody thought that Damian Priest was going to cash in right there, of course. That would have been the most convenient time. We'll see what happens Monday Night Raw tomorrow. But honestly, I don't know what they see or don't see in Finn Balor. I know they want to push Damian Priest to the, through the roof, which is why they gave him the money in the bank. I know they want to see a belt on him sooner than later. I don't know what they're doing with Finn Balor. I, I feel badly for him. I mean, at one point, you know, he's doing what he loves and he's wrestling for the top company in the world. But on the other hand, all these L's he's been taking lately, how much longer are people going to take Finn Balor seriously? I mean, his his uh, mask was dope. Everything else was dope about him. It was a good match, not great. But to see Finn Balor not win the belt after all that hype and the killer promo that he cut about um, pride and about uh, resentment and bitterness, all to further Damian Priest. I don't 100% get it. I had a started a rumor online, not a rumor, but I had a conjecture that they wanted to put Judgment Day over. It's kind of like a new NWO where everybody owns the belts, uh, which I could totally see that. If they gave Damian Priest um, the uh, Universal or the World, the WWE Lineage Championship, and then um, Finn had the uh, 
the championship belt that Seth Rollins has, I would have been okay. I'd have been totally cool with that, but they didn't do that. So your winner, Seth Franklin Rollins. Now, here we go. Civil War, blood in, blood out, as I call it. This match, just so well-crafted. It didn't win match of the night for me only because it's kind of like expected. It's like we knew that this was coming and the women's Money in the Bank ladder match was just so much better than it. That this one is what I was talking about earlier in the podcast when I talked about the morality plays, right? We talk about wrestling just being a giant morality play, especially in uh, the United States, that, um, you know, all of the little twists and turns, the hesitation, you know, Solo hitting the uh, Samoan Spike on his brothers. Um, of course, there's a ref bump. God, I wish to God, please stop with the main event ref bumps. It's just so annoying. Um, uh, the, uh, spike, uh, spear combo looked pretty dope. Um, Usos kept kicking out, uh, at the end, uh, main event, Jay was taking a lot of the heat. Came out to the announce table. Solo uh, went for it. He went for the splash. Moved out of the, but um, Jay moved out uh, in time, and Solo was laid out for the rest. Roman Reigns took a lot of the punishment uh, at the end with the super kick, double super kick, um, and then big match Jay with the USO splash. And they did it. There was somebody also pointed out, which I didn't notice until I I had read it, that um, a couple of years ago, I think three years ago, Roman used the uh, Ric Flair uppercut, if you know what I mean, on Jay to get rid of his chances to become the number one contender for the uh, WWE belt. And now, fast forward it three years or so that Jay used the Ric Flair uppercut on Roman Reigns to get partially to get the victory. Finally, we see the Usos get their comeuppance on their cousin, Roman Reigns and win the bloodline civil war. Um, I mean, the drama in this Paul Heyman in this, like everything was just so just, Chef's kiss, because it wasn't technically as good as the other matches on a little bit better, but just because we're so invested with the storyline and the crowd just went nuts and popped huge for uh, the Usos when they won and they've gotten rid of the streak. Roman Reigns hadn't been pinned since that WrestleMania win, I don't think, where he stacked up. Um, Daniel Bryan and uh, whoever I can't think right off the top of my head 
like he hadn't been pinned or submitted in three and a half, which is an interesting feat as it is. Like as a solo, as a singles wrestler, Roman Reigns hadn't been pinned in three and a half years and for Jay to do it now. And now we're going to see main event Jay, Big Mac Jay versus Roman Reigns in some type of singles competition. And I am all here for it. I cannot wait. Good stuff. I absolutely enjoyed watching it. And um, if you have any uh, thing that you want to add to it, go ahead and comment below. Tell me what you thought of this uh, this pay per view. You can not only um, you know contact me now throughout the show, but you can also follow me on all my social medias too. So get really into it. Tell me what you think. How do you think this Money in the Bank match, uh, this this whole card went? Was it an A? I'm not going to say it was an A. I'll say it was more like a B or B-plus show, but this is just a continuation of the long streak of really good pay-per-view, I'm sorry, premium live events that the WWE has been putting together. And uh, it's a fun way to, to, to kick your uh, weekend off, to kick your long weekend off. I enjoyed it, of course. Tell me what you think in the comments, or you can interact with the show, uh, both uh, here at the Heel and Face site, but also at uh, Heel Turn Wrestling. Obviously, just go to HT Wrestling 316. It's HT Wrestling 316 on Facebook, or you can follow me on all my other uh, social medias. If you enjoy the show, enjoy my takes on Money in the Bank, good stuff. All around, I really uh, dug this pay-per-view and just can't wait for SummerSlam because that's the next one, right? I know it's always for WWE, it's on to the next one, but um, this one, um, really enjoyed And a lot of the money in the banks in the past have not been enjoyable, uh, but this one was. And all the right people won, all the great surprises won. I know I usually say it during a pay-per-view or a premium live event, uh, during a PLE I usually say some stuff, some of the drama that should have been on Raw and SmackDown should have stayed on Raw and SmackDown, like the uh, John Cena segment. It could, could it have been an episode of SmackDown from O2 Arena? Probably. It's fine if it wasn't. Um, but this time, all the things that happened that could have been something that would, could have happened on regular TV uh, that happened on the PLE all made sense. It was all well done, and uh, props again. Props again to the London crowd as well, doing a bang-up job being there for the show. So, all right, well, that's it for me. That's all I got to say. It's it for me, the big old Stevie C, Steve Castellanovo. Again, if you are interested, if you want to interact with the show, then you could definitely... Look for me um, at Heel and Face Podcast. Just type in Heel and Face Pod wherever you want to go. If you want to go on your other uh, social media websites, I'll be there. Uh, if you want to talk about anything that goes on in the world of professional wrestling there or MMA, I'll be there. So uh, I'm on all different social media. And, of course, I'm at Twitter at Heel and Face Pod. Uh, 
So you can uh, find me there as well. And, of course, the audio version of this podcast will be uploaded to your favorite audio podcast platform. All right. Well, hey, enjoy the rest of your weekend. It's supposed to be very beautiful. Happy birthday, America. Uh, Enjoy your independence weekend. Shoot off all the fireworks that you want to. Have a ball. That's it for me, the big old Stevie C, Steve Castellanovo, signing off with from another edition of the Heal and Face podcast, a podcast dedicated to news, information, and commentary on the world of professional wrestling. And it's brought to you by Heel Turn Wrestling. Again, enjoy the rest of your day. I'm out. And as always, peace. Peace.